Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Smoothest intro I've done in months. Good job. The yips are gone. New yips year, gone. new me. Yips are gone. Yippee. Uh, I'm and, off to it. And off they're to back. A good, I'm off to a good start. <laughs> Firing on all cylinders. You loved this episode. You're super ex- Oh, my God. She's doing gestures. I'm doing double guns. I've never seen you like this before. I think you're going to be really irritated when we get to the end of this episode. With your titles? Yeah, I think I've built them up too much because I've already mentioned that they might be excellent. Yeah. There's one that I think you're going to like. The others I think you might be. It might end our friendship. This episode is called Stone Cold. And it is almost impossible for me to not say Steve Austin after I say that. It is. It's like virtually almost impossible. Yeah. It is season 27, episode 13, January 4th, 2019. We're in 2019. Hosted by Josh with sometimes Hanky. Kind of a shocking episode. Fairly consistent Hanky. No. Josh missing Hanky. All right. Josh may have a new nickname after this episode is over. This is an Arizona episode, and we haven't had one of those in a while, but I'm glad I put it on the bingo cards. Mark it off. Mark it off. And I forgot how crazy Arizona is. Can be. And the new season of 60 Days In is now in an Arizona jail. And the head sheriff guy is just like, I believe in America, I believe in guns, and I believe in freedom. And it's getting harder and harder to fight for freedom, and you got to do it every day, and that's what these guns are for. Like, that's the sheriff of 60 Days In. So there might be some crossover in my mind, because I watched both of those on the same day, this episode and the new season of 60 Days In, which is bonkers. Okay, so this episode is about Nicholas Morales. He is a... uh, Divorced guy, twice divorced. Mm -hmm. He was in the military, and then now he works for an aerospace company. He is not a people person. We get that right off the bat. He was, as Josh Mankiewicz says, tougher than an IRS audit. Josh was phrasing- Also, very good, very timely as we are headed into a new Uh, year, and it's time to think about tax time. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. Josh Mankiewicz says, he wasn't devious or sneaky. Nick Morales would stab you in the front. (laughs) Wow. Also, you got to love this. This is when we get, this is, this is good when they're not doing. This is a unicorn. He didn't light up a room. The opposite. He would shut the lights off and be like, I caught you with my infrared goggles stealing my stuff. We get in this episode what we almost never get. In the history of our podcast, I think there's been maybe twice where the victim has not been beloved by everyone. There was that woman who faked a pregnancy and had the the gerbils or the guinea pigs in the back of her car. car. No, in the car with like the tons of Mountain Dew. Yes, the kind of hoarder car. And then she was the one that was, if bad decisions were something, she would be a millionaire or something. But here they are just so blatant about it, fully saying he is just not like, I mean. But then so they quickly move away from that. Right? I felt like they didn't 
I felt like they tried not to dwell on it, but then with phrases like he would stab you in the front, yeah, I was shocked that I was like, Josh is going all in. But do you feel like ultimately in this episode, it makes him a little more likable? I feel like we get a really good picture of him as a person, which makes me care more than just sort of the not to say that I don't I'm not sad for all the victims that something happens to but in this case because they paint a really clear picture of the kind of guy he was the kind of boss and then we get the kind of boyfriend and we're gonna get the kind of brother right get all these things that it ultimately paints a different picture of him that you feel like you know him better than just sort of this what generally happens is they had a a smile that lit up a room right and they loved life and we're always the life of the party. The w- stuff with women, how he treated them, kind of bothered me. It felt like he treated them like just pawns in this, just playing with people's emotions. And I thought that was not cool. But it seemed like he also attracted just really crazy women. I don't really know. There was a lady on Twitter who was defending him because she knew him. She said he was re- not like that at all. He was really nice. So hmm. she was kind of mad. and She's like, he was the nicest guy ever. And I was like, really? Because they don't make it seem like that. I don't think anyone deserves to die. Period. Mm-hmm. No way. Uh, so our victim, they call him a hard, hard A. You a can hard- say a hard ass. Okay, I can. A hard mm-hmm. ass. Um, except for the ladies. So Nick dated extensively and exclusively throughout his company. Basically, apparently... There are no other women in Tucson that don't work at this company. And there's no FarmersOnly.com in the area, I guess. I felt like Nick needed a website that was called NonAerospaceChicks.com or WomenWhoWorkAtOtherCompanies.com. Because... It's called Marana, right? Sure. I don't know. So MaranaMatches.com? No, but we want it to be unmarana. No, Non-Marana. No. Women who work at Starbucks.com. Yeah. Women who work anywhere else.com. I think a lot of relationships start at work. I got to be honest. And so the weird thing is, though, the kind of company it is. So I'm going to assume, based on what they do at the aerospace place, which seems to be mechanics, right? People bring their small planes in and a lot of mechanics. I think they might do like design stuff too like it seemed like he worked in mechanics that's what they kept saying like aircraft they kept saying aircraft mechanics okay which is what oliver does yeah and i was like i know that the females at oliver's work are a rarity and so i think that he was just i don't think there's that many women there i think he just kind of dated many of them and think about this. If you're a woman that's working in a place where there are, it's 10 to 1 ratio, right? Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be the most attracted to the guy that's kind of the hard ass. Would a lot you? of a lot of women yeah, would be. Yeah, a lot of yes, women are. A lot, a of, lot women of women would are. be like he's the one that's the aloof one mm-hmm. that's kind of the hard ass. And so would he ask you out? Oh yeah, you're going on that date. Even though you fully know he's dated all of your other coworkers. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Okay, so so keep going. Okay, Nick had recently fallen for Christy, Mm -hmm. but it was real. It wasn't just dating. They were going to get married. Mm -hmm. Christy has the whitest teeth I've ever seen. They she could pass the tissue test. They look good. I've used that charcoal toothpaste that my mom gave me once. It does not. It's so powdery. It's like 
chalky. You know that the deal is I don't like that, that at is all. Is that when you put that black stuff in your mouth, when it finally like goes away, of course your teeth look whiter. They have like a bluish gray tint. So it's not permanent? Why would it it's be not- a giant tub of toothpaste if it's if it's permanent? You have to keep doing it. It's not one single packet of charcoal, like a Splenda packet filled with charcoal, that then that would be permanent because you only need it one time. It's this big. Why do they well, give you a tub? Like you have whitening, to keep using whitening it. toothpastes, you just keep continuously use them. You're making it seem like it's like a fake trick. Kind of. I don't think it really whitens your teeth that much. Guys, can you weigh in? You were on board with me getting it for Hanukkah. Because you never want anything. And you wanted it and you wanted to try it. And that's the perfect Christmas present. Something you don't want to buy for yourself, but you really want to try. Do you think it's funny that you got coal for Christmas? <laughs> I got it for Hanukkah. And so it means nothing. Hanukkah Harry brought you coal. <sighs> okay. So Nick had a cute dog named Smokey. Smokey was a cute dog. Christy is obsessed with her fiance. She, and she seems very nice. She seemed nice. Okay. Why are you saying it like that? Because I felt like she seemed a little too nice. And I thought she seemed a little too uh, too idealized about her fiance that everyone else thought he was really rough around the edges. I think the bigger tell is that his family liked him. I think the people at work didn't like him. I think he was the guy that made sure everyone got stuff done. I am going to say this, that Oliver, at his job, has to be kind of a D-bag to get these guys to do the stuff that they need to do. You should hear the stories that he tells me. And I know for a fact there are a lot of guys at work that do not like him. Hmm. So that's where I'm coming from on this. Like, I think he has to be that way. Right. And Josh does say that, that he had to be. In the exact same industry. Yeah. With mechanics. Right. So he was the the guy to get stuff done. That's what Ollie does as a lead. He is pushing through these projects to get stuff done. So I think give him a little bit of a break. He might not be as big of a jerk as he sounds. I think we're just surprised because Dateline doesn't usually talk about that. No, they don't. Kind of personality. Yeah. I think he was probably pretty tough. But then again, Christy is, of course, going to idealize him in every possible way because this did not happen all that long ago, right? Right, right. So it takes a long time to sort of, after someone passes away, to be like, oh, they were really rough about this. Right. Or, you know, that takes some time. So I think that seems, it's pretty raw for her. He was great to Christy, apparently. Every Mm -hmm. morning and every night, he would text her that he loved her, and he was so grateful for her, and it seemed like a whole lot of... It seemed like a lot, I gotta say. I'm not super into that, but it's fine. It worked for them. You know that also, Oliver texts me every morning since the day we met. Yeah. I am a little bit nervous about this episode. I there were some things that were be. hitting a little, a little close like, to home. A little too close. Yeah, and I'm glad I don't want to read any of those texts because I would vomit. Sometimes they're funny. I, funny is fine. I would love funny. 
I'm also having a crossover in my mind of some of the letters these ladies are reading from their prisoner boyfriends on Love After Lockup. And those were exactly the same. Like, you Mm -hmm. are a gift in my life and every day is brighter because you are in it. And I'm like, it's like, it's just the normal generic, just... I would rather have someone say, I love that you burp after you drink Coke Zero and then think it's right. funny every time. I'd be like, that's hilarious. Yes. Yes. Do you know I what understand. she's saying? Okay. It's that teddy bear holding the heart for Valentine's Day. The bear in balloon. Bear in balloon. Have you seen bear in balloon? It's a bear in a balloon. They're these big pl- clear plastic balloons and a bear's oh, inside. I don't yeah. know how they get the bear inside. Well, that's science, and that's a whole nother thing, and that's fascinating. True. Have you not seen a bear in a balloon? Yeah, I've seen balloons with things in them, for sure. A bear? Things. A little bear? I mean, I've seen balloons with things in them. I don't know how much more specific you want me to get on that. I love, I love bear in balloons. Okay. Okay. Really quick. It's the juxt- It's going to be the juxtaposition of him sending those sweet texts and being hard. Right. That's why she probably liked him. I get that. Because of the soft underbelly. Okay. So this day he doesn't text her. I love you so much. So she goes to his house because it's that unusual. And she finds him. It's very sad. She finds him filled with bullet holes. And... And I didn't like that. They they said he was okay, riddled with bullets. Riddled and I with was bullets. Like, and we God. also see his foot. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we've seen dead body parts before, but it just not often. Not that often, right? Because it, it seemed was a jarring shocking. to me. No, it was shocking in daylight. Yeah. It was they usually blur anywhere yeah. in the but sometimes we see blood splatter, yeah. blood pools, but this was usually, a foot. This was a lot. And also he was naked? Yeah. I think so. Wow. Yeah. So we have a lady sheriff. I love her. You know, I love a lady law enforcement. They kick Detective ass. Garcia. Love her. So there's weird things that she's describing that they found at the scene. Like, very strange to me. A bucket filled with water and carpet fibers. And then there's cleaning products everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like a maid was just there and, like, left all their supplies. It's... Just so strange, like a bottle of carpet cleaner here and a bottle of W409, what's it called? Like W, were you going for WD40? WD40. You were going for WD40 and 409 There you go. WD409. There you go. Trademark. Trademark. (laughs) The dog, I don't know what it does. It unsqueaks and cleans at the same time. So (laughs) the dog is out in the back. Nick is shot eight times including in his forehead. And this was very confusing to me, the way they're phrasing all of this. So Detective Garcia says they shot through the window, assassinating mm-hmm. him. And then they came in through the window and shot him some more until he was finally dead. Although they just said he they assassinated him with the first shot through the window. Yeah, it was worded so a little was, funny. Confused but me. It seems like, no. But regardless, the killer climbed in through the window and cut themselves a lot on the glass. So there was blood from the killer there as well. So there's blood everywhere from the killer, including on the mouthwash lid. This is another one of those weird things at the site. The killer apparently poured mouthwash all over the floor to clean it up. What? What? Who would even think of that? 
I know that because there's alcohol in it, maybe they were thinking it gets rid of DNA, but you literally have cleaning products all over the house. You have 409, which has bleach in it. You have the actual cleaning products. So why are you pouring mouthwash on the floor? I have no idea. I feel like you're so dumb. It's so dumb. It's very odd. Yeah. It's so weird. I, I don't, you don't know how effective that is. Like, yeah. I mean, there's, I don't think there's, there's alcohol, but it's not like that much alcohol. You'd be better off pouring vodka on the floor or something. I don't understand. So I don't even know if alcohol gets rid of DNA like bleach does. You need like bleach. 409, you have it right there. I don't understand. So this carpet has gingivitis. <laughs> Exactly. I don't understand. You'd be better off pouring the charcoal whitening toothpaste all over it and then just blacken everything out. No, that would probably... Actually, I wonder if I could dust for fingerprints with this charcoal powder. We should do some experiments with it. I'm curious. Yeah. So part of the rug on the bedroom floor is missing. It is cut out in... It's like... Why did they cut it in a straight line? And then maybe people wouldn't notice that part of the rug was missing. If you cut it in a straight line, you can maybe make it look. But it's instead it's cut out in like a squiggly line. But what does it matter that it's cut in a squiggly line? I mean, they're going to know that it's a murder. It's not going to be like, I shot myself eight times. Right. Like they're trying to paint it as a homicide. But they think their their blood was on it. So. Um, it just seems just so, so haphazard. Like it was done by Wesley and a bag of wieners, like yeah, his skateboard friends or something. And also they left 11 bullet shells at the, you take the time to cut out part of the rug. Right. But which you couldn't leave have been, bullet which shells couldn't have everywhere. been easy. No, you need to find a, one of those switch blades or something, a box cutter or, or something a, right, to cut or, through a like, rug. And that's hack a lot of work. This thing with a plastic bottom because uh-huh. all those rugs have that yes. under thing. Yeah, it's that's... one of those thick carpet rugs. That's hard to cut through. It's quite a bit of work. You're right. But you yeah. leave 11 shell casings around. Meh. Okay. And yeah. your blood fingerprint on the mouthwash cap and a million other things. Okay. So the police think that there was a silencer used because no one really heard a gunshot. They might have mm. heard something in the middle of the night, but they don't know what it was. So then Josh Mankiewicz is standing in an airport hangar. He is talking directly to the camera and he's basically talking to us. Like, I think I'm probably flattering us, but it felt like it was directed to you and me and all of our listeners because it's like basically he said, listeners of a date with Dateline. Usually, like, I felt like they just cut out that part because the editor of the show doesn't know who we are. So they were like, right. what is a date with Dateline? Cutting that out. But What is a Kimberly? <laughs> what is a Kimberly and a Katie? What is that? What's a Flissner? I'm cutting out Flissner. That's not even a word. So he says, often at Dateline, we tell you the story of murder victims who lit up a room or didn't have an enemy in the world. Well, not so much with Nick Morales. He definitely knew how to light up a room, but depending on what room it was, there might have been people in it who actively wished him ill. And I honestly cannot comprehend that sentence. It's one of those Dennis is enough sentences that the more you dissect it, the less sense it makes. He might have, he de- he definitely knew how to light up a room, but depending on the room it was, 
There right. might so be depending pe- on the person. So sometimes he did light up a room. So, so with the right person, he was charming and great, okay. and everyone loved okay. him. And then in other rooms or with other people, right? There it was a might... dark shutters drawn. He was not. The light was pitch black. He was black. not lighting up anything. Right. He had his he blindfolds. Storm... He had his blind things on, like Bird Box. He has. He bird was box in Bird on. Box. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but that I can't. I'm really glad that you thought the same thing I did because when I, I was actually it was a I was in the kitchen and I had it running and I heard that, that quote and I was like no way no way I was like he's giving us a shout out yeah it totally that's felt what like I thought I was... know he, I don't think he is but maybe we we could ask him and him yet he might lie and say it's for us but I but it just was. He, it was very specific it about was, lighting up but a room. It's just the way Dateline does it. Like, they know how to cater to the listeners. They know what the listeners are talking about. They're just the best show. They just So I think we say thank you. We say thank you to Dateline for uh, tipping your hat to the audience a lot. They give us a wink, and then we love that for them. It was a wink. Then Josh says something about a leather neck exterior, which, again... I didn't totally understand it. I guess Leather it means neck tough exterior. Neck. He's a tough guy. He's a tough guy with a teddy bear center. I don't know why you're struggling with this in this episode. Leather neck. Yes. He is... works in the sun. <laughs> so a leather neck is someone who, have you not seen Is it these like guys? a redneck? No, it's like an aircraft mechanic. So they're he outdoors in the skin. sun and you're bending over. So the back of your neck is like leather. It's yes. been tanned so much. So then we meet my favorite person in the episode. I'm just saying that now, so it could be untrue. But right now, he's my favorite person. The HR guy. Yeah. The H, the poor HR guy, the Toby Flenderson of this aerospace company. Absolutely. All he does all day is deal with complaints, and I think half of them are about Nick. It's totally like Toby when he has to deal with Dwight and he has a standing appointment every Friday. But instead of sending it to corporate, he just puts it in the box under his desk. Mm -hmm. So all of the exit interviews, he says, people complain about Nick. So they're leaving the company and they're like, by the way, Nick, I had so many problems with Nick. I can't with Nick. This poor HR guy is dealing with this. He said that people really disliked him, including this guy named James LaPan, who Nick had given a hard time over where he was parking and was accusing him of using his personal tablet during working hours. So at this company, there is no actual policy against fraternizing and office romance, but they should have one. Because of, of all the companies I've ever seen, <laughs> this company like clearly, yeah, they needed to enact something. Yeah. And I like the HR guy talking about it. He's like, it was a bit. You could see like the subtext is that was a mistake. I think their Christmas parties were a nightmare because somebody would get pissed that somebody was flirting with somebody else, and then they the Christmas tree got knocked over, and then poor HR guy has to deal with the ramifications. And right. he's like, why don't we just say no dating in the workplace? So Nick was a player, I guess it's fair to say. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. This is what I don't understand, is if he was drawn to crazy women or if something about him was making these women insane in the membrane. Because No, I think it's the same thing. It's the same thing that I was talking about, why they're attracted to him in the first place. He's sort of off-putting, and so when he shows interest, right. it's, 
it makes you more flatter than you normally would be. So then when you lose him, mm. when you lose this great guy mm-hmm. who's sending you sweet texts or whatever, what mm-hmm. have you, mm-hmm. he's pulling away. They hang on. Okay. So, I mean, it's why you shouldn't date people you work with because somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. So if you if you break up, it's one party or another is going to be upset, right? Right. It's so, very rarely, we're fine. We're friends still. We're friends. So Nick's first ex-wife, I think, was fairly normal. His second ex-wife had threatened to kill him. Another ex had snuck into his house and watched him sleeping with his new girlfriend. Oh, my gosh. So that's creepy. Yeah. And since Nick had slept with so many of these women, here's the thing about the HR guy, though. I think he kind of thought Nick was kind of fun and cool. Probably. Like, because he was getting laid all the time. And, like, he was, like, the Screech, and Nick was the Zach Morris. And he's like, what am I going to do? He's a player. He breaks ladies' hearts, you know? Like, yeah. he hangs out with me. We had a beer once after yeah, work, they and it been. was really fun. They could and have been we, just been like buddies. He said we're going to yeah. go again sometime. I don't. Yeah. He really, he said we're going to go. Um, mm-hmm. So then he dated a girl named Claudia. And Claudia was okay, but her ex, Justin, had followed them in his car. And he, he was kind of threatening and scary. And the day Nick's body was discovered, Claudia and her mom had gone to this bar called the Circle S Saloon, which is the scariest looking bar because there are zero lights in the parking lot and it's just dirt roads. It's it's like froggy bottoms, but surrounded by desert. Yeah. Bad decisions are made at that bar. I get worried about saloons. Bad decisions happen at saloons. Okay. Nothing good happens in a saloon after 1 a.m. and everything is sticky. Like at Froggy yeah. Bottoms. Yeah, but you're definitely. out in the desert, so it's sticky and it's dusty in the saloon. It's both. Yeah. Yeah. That makes if, sense. If you sit down on one of those stools, you're there's crap on your pants. Like you're you have to throw those away. But yeah. okay. but for some reason Claudia is going to the bar with her mom. I dig that. <laughs> I like Claudia's style. <laughs> I like that. Mom's cool. Mom's cool. So Claudia saw, oh, somebody did post that, like, um, Claudia's mom, they they did a gif that was, like, um, um, Amy Poehler from Mean Girls, where she's like, I'm the cool mom. I went to TGI Fridays with my mom. TGI Fridays is a restaurant. No, but we sat in the bar, and we both got, like, those crazy drinks, those crazy sugary, fruity things. Did that you they feel have. so grown up? I think it was like a year ago, number one. <laughs> and so, and I'd never done that with my mom. And we both had like these really funny drinks at the, no, it was Red Robin. It was Red Robin in the mall. Oh my God. But it was a really great moment. I'll never forget it. I think that's why I liked Claudia and her mom at the Circle S. Wow. It's like the moment you guys became friends. I think you should take your mom. I think you should take your Jody to okay, a bar. My mom weighs about 75 pounds. So we don't want to see what happens if she has a whole drink. No, my mom does not drink. She'll maybe have like something if people make stuff, but it's. it's but would she go with me? Yeah, she'd like go with we you. If to, you. You'd if have we to went explain to, to her what to order because she doesn't know alcohol. So you'd have to like find a fruity drink that like you could get her and make a margarita. That would be kind of fun. I think we should go. I think the three of us should go. Okay, done. So Claudia saw Justin her ex, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. at the Circle K, Circle Saloon, Circle C, Circle, what is it called? Circle, circle gets the square. Circle <laughs> S, Circle gets the square. <laughs> circle yes. gets the square saloon. That's oh it. my it. God. Um, and then the day after Nick died, he reached out and said, hey, I heard about Nick. I'm really sorry. Let me know if you need anything. Which could be weird, but it also could be just like an, a nice thing to do. Before Claudia, Nick had dated Jessica. And again, he had dated... Jessica Stillwell. Yeah. Bah, bah, bah. Jessica might be insane in the membrane. So he's dated each of these girls for six months. Almost exactly six months. Right. It seems to be when he hits that mark, he's he's out the door. I've met people like that. They but, have like a shelf life. And right. It's like, I'm but bored. He's bye. older. He's he's an older man that it's, I don't think it matters. It's very strange. Anyways, Nick abruptly kicked. This is what I didn't like. He kicked Jessica out of the house and broke up mm-hmm. with her and then moved Claudia in. Mm-hmm. And again, these women work together. So he's you can't do that. You can't treat people, women like that. Not really. It's not, not great. It's not cool. And one time Jessica had shown up at the house and started screaming about Claudia. She was really pissed. So after Nick's murder, Nick's brother's kids are taking pictures of this lady outside of Nick's house, like poking around, and they think it's Jessica. I have so many issues with this. Why is Nick's brother having his children act like spies? They're like Harriet the spy. No, I think they just happened to be there. That wasn't a thing. They weren't but they there take to pictures take pictures on the photo and then like turn them into the police. It's so but they weird. Weren't, but it was on accident. It they was just on happened accident. To. The more important question that you should be asking is why is the woman wandering, wandering around Nick's house wearing no pants? I didn't notice that she was wearing no pants. She doesn't have pants on. Like she was wearing I, shorts? I can't tell. She has what appears to be a larger t-shirt and maybe Ugg boots. Well, I don't think she has pants on. You need to go easy on her because it turns out it wasn't Jessica. That lady is this random mother who is looking for her missing child. I know. So PS, why isn't she found her child? It's all good. Dateline uh, told us. Again. Not that you seem to care. You mm. only seem to know where her parents' pants are. She Does ran she out of the house with no are? pants because she's looking for her kid. Let me tell you this. You're not going to get any traction looking for your missing child. <laughs> without pants. No one's going to no take, you take you seriously. They're going to be like, stop day drinking. Right. Put That's your pants on. a very interesting point. My child is missing and so are my pants. <laughs> okay, so now, oh, you guys, we have so much of a big surprise for you. Because guess what's happening at this junction in the podcast? Dun, dun, dun. Katie is taking over. Kimberly has left the building. Kimberly is gone. Forget about Kimberly. Katie is taking over the recap. So we did a half and half. Yeah. All right. Here's what we got. In part two, this is the last half of the episode, we're bringing it all back around to Marana Aerospace, the employment slash matchmaking office. We have Detective Garcia, who is looking into all of these past girlfriends. Apparently, Jessica Stillwell, the girlfriend before Claudia. So the order of girlfriends is going Jessica Claudia, Christy, all about the same amount of time, like you said. 
all work at the company. Jessica reacted really badly to the breakup. And the the reason that she reacted badly is because literally he pushed Jessica out the door and moved Claudia in. It was the fastest thing ever. And With then, no warning signs at the six months, six month mark. And who knows if there's a little bit of cheating overlap in between. She so kind of said there was. They, yeah. they all sort of hint that there is. Um, He's kind of a hound dog. Yes. Okay. When it came to love, I don't. So according to a client that Detective Garcia talks to, whenever Jessica and Nick are in even the same room together at work, they like the ten. There's a lot of tension and they mm. sort of ignore each other each other and it's really bad so detective garcia decides that she needs to interview jessica the first girlfriend so we get to see the interview tape and she says that nick was cheating on her with claudia and josh says to detective garcia well that's the kind of speed that's going to make people feel bruised and angry and is at this point in the episode that detective garcia reveals that she's actually a robot and answers yes and then Josh says, and maybe vengeful. And she goes, yes. And then for the remainder of the episode, many of her answers are yes and no. <laughs> Detective Garcia is not the most talkative person, so I'm surprised I didn't that you... notice, but someone on Twitter did. And it is, it said... is zero extra information. It yeah. is. Yes. Someone said they were, one person was like trying to give her the benefit of the doubt saying, she's a female detective. She gets straight to the point. She's a sharpshooter. And then someone else is like, no, I feel so bad for Josh. It was like pulling teeth trying to get any sort of answer. I think more likely that she's just green. She's a kind of a new detective. This is her first homicide. Right. And so I think this might be also her first interview on television is the feeling that I got. Because she does not, I don't know, you know, if she knows how much she's allowed to say. Right. Because she is That's the true. shortest. It's pretty funny. Okay. Also, same you know facial expression. But I am not she a woman change her that takes down other women. I I'm not taking her down. I'm suggesting that she is not actually human. A woman. Yeah. <laughs> or human. I'm suggesting that she is AI. That's all. It's fine. So do you think the government has put their newest technology of crime fighting AIs in Arizona Tucson with Detective Garcia and it's Garcia with like G dot A dot R dot C dot I dot A dot. It's it's an acronym for something. Yes. That's what I'm suggesting. Yes. Global administrative, (laughs) you know. Global global administrative robotics uh, um, intelligence. Intelligence. Automaton. There you go. We did it. Yeah. Done. Done. Good job. High five. Okay. So Jessica denies that she is the pantless woman poking around the house after the murder. (laughs) The mystery car, as we found out, belongs to the mom looking for her missing son. She found her son, but did she find her pants? Did she find her bottom half? We don't know. So Detective Garcia now decides that she needs to go to Claudia and find her ex-boyfriend who was what was he doing? He was He was seen the in a one car. that was he left an odd note after and he had mm-hmm. followed them because he was a jealous boyfriend when she had started dating. So Jessica had done to him what Nick later did to Jessica. Dumped him for this new guy. Okay. And then later does to Claudia. Correct. 
Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So we're going on to girlfriend number two in the line of the most recent girlfriends. So Claudia's ex-boyfriend, Justin, they, we hear a little bit of his interview. He sounds, I mean, he admits he was hurt by Claudia leaving. It was not great. Justin's alibi for the night that Nick was killed was that he was actually at the Circle S saloon. Right. Where he was the next night when Claudia and her mom came. Gotcha. He says he left at midnight, went home, but the roommate can't 100% for sure say that he was home after midnight. He thinks he was in his room, but he can't say 100%. But it doesn't seem like why would he do that because Nick was no longer with Jessica. Nick was now engaged to another girl. So it does seem weird that he would seek revenge so much after the fact. But it's only six months later, right? That's true. But also, were, did Justin and Cla- okay, Justin and Claudia didn't get back together when he got with no, Christy, I don't think right? so. When Nick, okay, no, so- Claudia was busy hanging out with her mom. Good, she was so- like, it's me time and it's mom time. It's Margarita and mom's time. Yeah, yeah. So Hawkeye Robot Garcia sees <laughs> scratches on Justin's arm and says, "Can I ask how you got the scratches on your arm?" And he laughs and he says, "Oh, landscaping." Okay. So Detective Garcia is very suspicious and thinks he might be the guy because he decide because when she asked him to take the DNA test, he says no, which I feel like is always the biggest red flag. If you, it is. If you don't do the DNA test. It is. However, landscaping in Arizona with all the cacti, I feel like you're going to get pretty scratched up. Also, it was the way he answered. We hear him answer the mm-hmm. question. And He's he like, goes, oh. <laughs> Landscaping. landscaping because he knows that they're asking him questions because he might be a suspect yeah and so he seems kind of like all yeah. right i, I gotcha. see what's going on i'll let you know and the way he answered that when they said he wouldn't give his dna i also wasn't surprised mm-hmm. i'm like he probably watches dateline and thinks they're gonna pin this on me mm-hmm. or he's watched making a murderer mm-hmm. and is like they're dirty they're mm-hmm. gonna pin this on me and so i wonder if a lot of people think that now I'm sure they do. And it is scary because I think you should help the police. But I think you should help the police with the assistance of an attorney. That's a good point. But Garcia is able to get convince him that it would be wise to give his DNA. They rule him out. They get statements from people at the bar. They get statements from Claudia. It's basically the, this whole section of the dateline is useless. Yeah. Because he's not the guy. Yeah. So the family of Nick is decided that... The robot detective Garcia is not moving fast enough, and the brother John is going to go out and do some research on his own. I feel like he's going to bring his kids, too, because they're Harriet the Spies. So when he goes to the aerospace place, he talks to Toby Flanderson and happens to mention that the murderer had been cut going through the window. Mm. I don't know how that came up in conversation. He's probably just talking about details of the case or whatever. A couple days later, Toby Flanderson calls him back and says, hey... One of Nick's co-workers, who actually just filed a grievance against him, had has bandages on his arms. So it's not so much detective work that the brother did. It just But also it doesn't out. seem like it it seems very recent. Like he had bandages. It doesn't seem like he got tired of waiting for Garcia. It seems like this was just but right that's after. What they s- that's what they say in Dateline. They say that Gar- Detective Garcia was focusing on the love life, so the brother decided right. to go and focus on the co-workers. But it but seems I don't simultaneous, see a- like the same week or something. No, it's... Well, I don't think there's any sort of difference at all in 
no. going to look at the love life and it's the, the same place. It's all the same people. Okay. Yeah. So the person with bandages on his arm turns out to be James LePan. Do you recall hearing that name before? Correct. Have you been paying you attention? In part one. And he had already been interviewed, but he apparently had been in the HR office 11 days before the murder to complain about Nick and said to Toby Flanderson, if you don't take care of this, I will handle this my way, which is always Good. a red flag. Yeah. So Detective Garcia goes and interviews LaPan again. And he his alibi is that he was at home with his wife. They went to bed at nine o'clock and got up at five the next morning. Which is, they say it's an hour after the murder. Was he murdered at 4 a.m.? There, I thought it was like 2. I don't remember what time the neighbors had heard something. And they still don't even know if that was what, what it was. So they, they don't like really know. They assume it was a silencer? They thought it was a silencer. silencer still makes a noise, right? Right. The neighbors, or they could have heard the glass breaking. That's what, if yeah, if he shot through the window. Yeah. That's not going to be He wasn't silenced, trying to so. be quiet. Or yeah, they okay. heard him scream or something. Mm. It's not very sneaky for them to shoot through the window, no. which is really loud. Where and then... the neighbor, I don't think the houses were that far apart. It wasn't like That's... ranch style where you had neighbors like half a mile away. It's not. No. It's no, very but strange. None of okay. It may was good. No, none think of it. I mean, of the, the, mouth, the mouthwash. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So he gives his alibi, leaves the interview with Detective Garcia, then comes immediately back. And says, I need to come clean about something. That he and Jessica mm-hmm. had slipped. So Slipped. This is what he says. Slipped. Slipped. Jessica Stillwell, the first girlfriend accused of being pantsless woman looking for her child. Mm-hmm. She had been having an affair with James LePan. And yes, it's Who an is affair. married. Because he's married and has multiple babies. And so... The slipped is the weirdest term I've ever heard for having an affair. It's just like, oh, I just That's slipped like, and fell into oh, I, her vagina. I yeah. That's very, very strange. I've ne- I was going to ask you if that was a term like shipping no. or stan. No, it is not. Okay. All right. It is. I didn't know. A slipped. No. And slipped I'll, we'll weird, get to right? the tweets. Yeah. Okay. People have All thoughts right, about good. that. He okay, is trying good. to make it seem like the nicest way possible. Like, oh, oops. So I was a little bit confused on how long they had dated. Dateline makes it seem like it wasn't very long because James didn't want to leave his wife and family and Jessica wasn't really interested in being the other woman. Again, this is a relationship at this stupid aerospace company. They both work there. This place is just crazy. Are they okay. pumping like pheromones into the airplanes? It, I, I That's think making it's... everyone act like it's a full moon out? What? Here's the Keep deal. your pants I... on. I think there's. If you know where they are, (laughs) if you know where your pants are, keep them on. Keep them on your body. It's not that hard to not have sex with your coworker. It's really not that hard. I've done it at every job I've been at. It's not that hard. You just don't have sex with them. Yeah, I don't get it. It's it's really weird. And the only thing I can think is, you know how they say when like you're really in bored towns, small towns, sometimes they have like a meth epidemic, right? This is like none of these people wanted to do drugs. Right. So, so they, they just sex was their drug. It's the the wolf pack. Yeah. They're wolf packing it. Uh-huh. At, at the, the aerospace. Marina aerospace. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then we meet Serena, who's James LePan's wife. Oh, Serena. Serena says that he fell off the marital bandwagon. Again. So slipped slash 
slipped and fell off the marital bandwagon, which I never. He cheated. He che- he cheated on you. He didn't fall off the wagon. That's- he fell. No, here's what happened. He was walking around on a wagon. He slipped and then he fell off the wagon mm-hmm. into Jessica's vag. That's what happened. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So she keeps up the alibi that James was home all night and that he had confessed the affair with Jessica to her actually several weeks before. And they were going to counseling and working through it and, you know, what a lot of people try to do. We'll hear more about that soon. Yes, we will. So John, the brother of Nick, again, is... I like how you say John, the brother of Nick. It's like a biblical story. It is. John, brother to Nick. Um, (laughs) Begotten from Samuel. Again, again, taken over Detective Robot's job. And he just happens to be talking to a childhood friend and mentions the names James mentions that James LePan mentions the scratches mm. on his arms. I think he's just trying to talk about what happened and talk it out. And the childhood friend just happens to mm-hmm. own a shop that carries gun parts and says that a couple of months ago, James LePan came into his shop looking for a part to fix a broken silencer. But you know so. what? If you like watch uh, Cold Justice, this is how a lot of these small town cases are solved. People right. know things. They just don't know who to tell it to or that it's important. But when you right. start talking to everyone and put all the facts together, you can paint a picture of what happens. It's just by interviewing people and putting stuff together. But that's what they're calling it because they're calling it the big small town, right? Josh says mm-hmm, that because mm-hmm. Tucson's actually a really large city. I think they're but it's right outside. Small town mentality. Or are they right outside of Tucson? Mm-mm. No, they're in this Tucson. This is Tucson. Oh. So they call it the big small town. Okay, small town the feel. The big small town. Big yeah. small town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was something like that. It might not be big small town. Yeah, I'll have no, to look I, it, up. it was something like that. It's something like that. Okay. So. This is enough, finally. John takes this to the detective, and this is enough for her to get and a search warrant. And she's like, emotions cannot compute processing. Processing. It's pretty close to that. <laughs> Did you not rec- see no. it? I know I love it. Right it. I wanna, I'm going to go back and watch. Watch. It's, I mean, she uses full sentences once in a while. But most <laughs> of the time, Josh will ask a question, and she gives the exact answer and no more. Well, that's actually super smart. And on the West Wing, it is, when they were all under like indictment and because he had MS and um, it was a huge plot line. And mm-hmm. Allison Janney's being interviewed by um, Oliver Platt and he goes, what time is it? And she or he goes, do you know what time it is? And she goes, it's 1115. And he goes, I'm going to have to get you out of that habit right now. And she's like, what? And he goes, telling more than is asked of you. Do you know what time it is? And she goes, yes. And it was like super dramatic. That's a good scene. Yeah. Who said what? We can do that at the next of what I'm sure will be many sessions. Okay. Do you know what time it is? It's five past noon. I'd like you to get out of the habit of doing that. Doing what? Answering more than was asked. Do you know what time it is? Yes. 
It's I liked that. super dramatic. I didn't do it very well. I wish I no, could you did go it really well. That was really good. Better. I liked that. Yeah, that was good. West Wing okay. was a really good show. Okay, so they get the search warrant for James LePan. They go into James LePan's leg garage. <laughs> and they find eighteen boxes of forty-five caliber ammo. Man, which that's is a lot. An exorbitant amount of ammo. This is it's, Arizona. You, see, this you is... see a picture and it's just like, it's om- it's as tall as you are. <laughs> it's really funny. It's a lot of ammo. And they find two spent shell casings that, of course, match the ones at Nick's house. And Because they have like, these little stars on them. If I can go back briefly to... Mm-hmm. Um, my best friend but you're 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 warming up i'm warming up to you you bianca is i haven't heard from her recently so you could still be my best friend but going back to suspicion i did want to say briefly that a lot of people have told me that guns do come with a spent shell casing it is apparently a totally a thing katie's very sad about hearing about bianca but that's a thing so you do get them, okay. yes. I don't know why if that's applicable here, but I just wanted to throw it in. It might be, because then they find all these gun cases, right? They don't say how many guns he has, which I was actually kind of curious about, because he had so much ammo. I was so like, is he going to be one of those people that have like 80 guns? They find an empty gun, you know, the plastic gun boxes for the gun that they, the kind of gun they think was used in the murder. Mm-hmm. I didn't write down what it is, because it was long. Sorry, y'all. And they also find an empty box for a silencer. And the Mm -hmm. silencer is gone. So he has all these guns in boxes. And then the two that are missing are the gun, the kind of gun they think was used, and the silencer. So And the bullets that match. And the bullets that match match the the type that were there. Correct. And then in the back of the LaPan LaVan, (laughs) (laughs) they find carpet fibers that match the rug that was cut up in the living room mm. and way up high in one of his closets they find a pair of work pants with blood on them and those work pants look almost identical to the kind of pants that oliver wears to work oh my god so now he's out of town you're gonna go through his closet and i'm gonna go look at his coveralls why didn't pants. he just throw away those pants that have blood all over them it is the w- stupidest thing i've that's when you go to the dumpster behind Taco Bell yes. and you throw it out. Yes. And why didn't you throw out the boxes of the gun and the silencer? I don't. Oh okay, it's just so dumb. Maybe no, he I has think, hoarding syndrome no, at the same no, time and he can't throw them away. No, what he has is cocky arrogance. Hole. Yeah. Yeah, that he thinks mm-hmm. they're never going to catch me yeah. because I use that mouthwash <laughs> <laughs> and I cut that part of the what rug out. What was the bucket of water? With the carpet fibers for, did they have to wet the carpet to cut it easier? I feel like I want to call him the ADD killer. It's like he kept getting distracted (laughs) by something else. Yes. And so it's like. What's that? Shiny object? I'm going to do this. Exactly. I'm going to do this. And then he left and he's like, I forgot to follow through on every single plan. Every single thing. Yeah. He had no follow through. So. He is arrested. This is weird. He's arrested on his way to work in a carpool. So the carpool. Yes, this is so good. Is him with Jessica Stillwell. 
his she's mistress. driving him to work. His They're ex-mistress. Uh, well, I think they were still. I think they seeing still each were. Other. They made it seem like yeah, like they it was your ex. Yeah, they were still okay. So not only are these people at this company all sleeping together, they all drive to work together they just drive too. To work. Yeah, because there's no one else in the car. It's just that. Do they all just but, live on like a commune together, and they just like? But I was like, the wife is a saint that he she knows they had an affair, and he could still carpool. But that turns it out gets not to way be the case. worse. Yeah. So at this point, we are back with Robot Garcia, and it's her first homicide case. Josh says. How did that feel? And she says, pretty good. <laughs> Two words. Two. No, pretty, pretty good. Pretty. Period. Good. No smile. She, she could have just That's said it. good. She said pretty good. So what we also find out, I believe, at this point, that this all happened in four days. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying. Uh-huh. That was my OMG moment. Dateline made this seem like it had gone on for months of them looking and interviewing. Four days. That's why I don't get how the brother was so frustrated. He's like, That's why I didn't days. understand either. It was four days. People wait six months. Yeah. Give Garcia years. some time, please. Yeah, she solved her first case in four days. Yeah. She's because pretty she bad is a, a robot. global, what was it? Global Automated Robotic. Robotic Intelligence. Intelligent Automaton. Now we get to go into the history of Serena and James LePan, which is fascinating. And this is all from Serena's point of view. So let's just go through it. James and Serena met in a weekly dance class, which is interesting because Serena is trying to make it seem like she was not there to meet a man. I'm going to tell you right now. If you are in your 30s and single and looking for someone but don't want to go on the internet, there are two things that you sign up for, (laughs) a dancing class or a cooking class. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yes. But he apparently in the dance class keeps sliding up to her in quotes and asking, when do I get to throw my hat in the ring? Again, that's a quote. And she says, quote, uh, maybe never. There's the door. Go away. James is kind of cute, too. He's all right. He's not bad. He's not bad. She is trying to play it so cool to Josh. Like, she could not have given him two glances, but he was pursuing her endlessly. Yeah, just banging down the door. She is a first-class sergeant in the army and is a self-described alpha female yes no she is tough as nails and this is someone who has walls like you would not believe right i think she probably did exactly what she said when he tried to hit on her Uh uh-huh i think she shut it down immediately Mm -hmm. but again he's probably one of those guys that's like oh she's shutting me down she's the one that i want Mm -hmm. and then when he had her of course he goes and has affairs and emotionally abuses her And emotionally, yeah, that's, okay, so we'll get, okay. So, when they first get together, they they get along amazingly because James was not a pushover and she wanted someone that wasn't a pushover, right? And so James wants to do this really weird thing, which is not a normal marriage. It's called a covenant marriage. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is- It was his idea? It was his idea. It basically makes it harder for you to get a divorce. 
there are more rules. And it's only available in three states. Oh. One of them being Arizona. Hmm. It's the only place you can get a covenant marriage. Okay. Less than a year into the marriage, James' dad dies. And she says he completely changes. He becomes controlling and frightening. One of the examples she gives is they have this some sort of a fight where he's hold she's holding her child or something like that and he's trying to get her to come to him it's this sort of struggle and she's like well i'm not gonna drop my child and he Mm -hmm. says children are replaceable we can make more i am not that is the most effed up thing i've ever heard again sociopath right yeah bad what is that that's creepy and the next thing she says is it became this relationship of she had to know when to pick her battles with him and her biggest battle with him was going to be i'm going to protect my children at all costs right so if it's something that endangers my child that's the fight i'm going to pick and this is why she says she turned a blind eye to the affair with jessica stillwell Mm -hmm. was because he was so dangerous but not just turned a blind eye not just turned a blind eye She's like an active James, participant. James invites Jessica home for dinner. And she and Serena explains to Josh that when someone's coming over for dinner, no matter who it is, she is expected to make the dinner, clean up after the dinner, treat treat them as like the best hostess in Tucson, right? Mm-hmm. And so she now has to do this for James' lover, who she knows is sleeping with her husband. And they're like chit-chatting and having a great time. And she's like running around bringing out the mashed potatoes. It's or what so have you. effed up. That's so messed up. It's really bad. So she hears them talking crap about Nick. And she says it's real. It's a weird dynamic that they have when talking about Nick. Who is Jessica's ex? Because Jessica's just bad-mouthing and bad-mouthing him. And keep in mind, James LePan has his own problems with Nick you know, who's mean to him at work. So they both just hate him. And Nick, and uh, not Nick, sorry, James seems very jealous of Nick that he had this relationship or probably still has kind of a hold on Jessica. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that if Nick came back to Jessica, she would love it. Yeah. Because she's the one that showed up at the house and started screaming, Uh right? Yeah, she was not over him. Yeah. Yeah. Serena is going to be going to trial as a witness for her husband. She's his only alibi. She is the only thing that basically makes him look innocent. Because we have all the gun evidence at the house. The shell casings. Everything else, all of the physical evidence points Mm -hmm. to James LePan. His DNA is all over Nick's bedroom. Oh, that's what I wasn't sure about. I've missed that part and someone on Twitter asked me if they actually were able to match the DNA. Yes, so the DNA is found all over the bedroom. Nick's blood is found on the bloody pants that were up oh, high in James' closet. Okay, it, everything okay. points everything. Yeah, to James LePan. Yeah, he is the one. So Serena is on a work trip, and she's in her hotel room, and she watches a Lifetime movie. Yes, about an abusive husband. Yeah, and this is her epiphany moment. Yeah, she realizes. Things are never going to get better, Mm -hmm. and she has to do the right thing. She has to break the chain. So she calls the prosecutor. It takes her a minute. It takes her a couple months. Thank God it was that Lifetime movie and not- Is it Mother May I Sleep Yeah, Mother May I Sleep No, it was Running for Your Life starring Amy Smart. 
How do you know that that was the movie? They said it on the Dateline and they show a clip and I said, oh, that's Amy Smart. I love her. Hmm. But it could have been their newest one, Tiny House of Terror or whatever, which had nothing to do with emotional abuse. And then we wouldn't have had all this happen. No. There's a lot of serendipity in this episode. Things mm -hmm. happen when they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. She calls the prosecutor, admits to him to lying about the alibi. What actually happened was when she woke up in the morning, he was gone the night of the murder. Right. And when he comes back, he has a bloody arm and says to her, I was home all night and we worked out this morning. And she said, out of fear... A fear for her life and fear for her children, she felt like she couldn't stray from that alibi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, women are st are still very scared of guys once they're in prison, it seems like. We've seen on Dateline. They're scared they could get someone on the outside to do something to them or they're going to get out. But he's I mean, not a career criminal. No, but I've seen enough Datelines or those movies where I've been like, they don't keep well enough dibs on those prisoners. I'm still scared that they could get out, get to me. Well, well enough dibs, well enough tabs, tabs, sure, or dibs. Tabs. You got dibs. I you, put dibs. Kimberly's got tabs. dibs on a prisoner. Sorry, I meant tabs. Uh, I do. So, I have dibs on several prisoners right now. So Josh asks her, "How did how did it feel coming forward?" And she says, "For the first time in a long time, I actually slept all night without nightmares." And she breaks down a little bit. Yeah. And it's very sad. So you compared that to Josh asking robot detective, how Correct. did it feel? And she said, pretty good. <laughs> She's a detective. Yeah. So he is convicted. He's sentenced to life in prison. And we are right back to Final Curtain. We're going to revisit Final Curtain because the question on everyone's mind is, did Jessica Stillwell play a oh, bigger part yeah. in this mm -hmm. than we know. Right. Jessica Stilwell and James LaPan on the night of the murder are texting each other. Mm. And James texts to her one word, Pitbull. Jessica texts back his dog, dot, 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 his name is Smokey. That seems pretty damning. Then James, delete all texts of our conversation. Yeah, I mean. That's pretty bad. It seems like he was going to go to the house, needed to know about the dog, and she gave him the dog's name. Maybe yeah. she had told him before what the dog likes pepperoni, bring pepperoni or right. something. Or like, mm -hmm. if you know the dog's name, you'll call him by his name. He won't freak out. Mm -hmm. And then delete all of these texts about the dog. That seems really bad. The night of the murder, she, f she so knew what was happening. She knew exactly yeah. what was happening. Mm -mm. And then her excuse, Jessica mm -hmm. Stillwell's excuse is, well, they'd been getting, they'd been thinking about getting a dog for her daughter. Yeah. So they started talking about Nick's dog. Right. And needed to know what the name was. And when he said Pitbull, she didn't say, oh, you think we should get a Pitbull? She said, Nick's Pitbull. The name is Smokey. <laughs> We're getting no, that dog. Yes. Let's just but steal it. That's not enough. No, it should be enough. So the question is, was he able to pacify the dog based on the information she provided? And Garcia says they can't find any evidence to indict Jessica. Period. That's it. We end the episode finding out that Serena and James are still married because of this insane covenant marriage. Josh says, are you ever going to be free of this guy? And <gasps> this Serena so says, do you want to do no, it? No, no, say it. 
It's so it's just the phrasing again. She's her phrasing's interesting. She says, uh, when God switches the off switch. So and when he dies, when she's he saying, dies. That's when I'll be free. Last part of the episode is Josh and Nick's brother John. And this was actually my precious moment. He talks about how it was through John's help that they got James so quickly. Josh says, So you still have his back, right? And it's like this moment because we know that Mankey has a brother mm. and it's kind of this mm. like brothers and brothers. And that's why I felt like it was a precious moment. And John just sort of is quiet and he says, always Aww. and just nods. And it's this really sweet. It was a sweet way to end the episode, I thought. And it was good because they do show Nick as sort of this hardened guy. Right. But I think the way that that goes down is James LaPan is so much worse. Right. So that's why I'm surprised that you still have like funny misgivings about Nick. I'm sorry, but if Nick didn't date around and discard women like he did, none of this would have happened. He would not. That's also like saying, I mean. I mean, obviously, you don't expect someone to kill you over things like that. And like Final Curtain, I think Dan Wozniak would have killed someone eventually anyways. But I, I think Nick set himself up to have a ton of enemies by treating people like this, not just in the workplace, but kicking the woman out of your house at the six month mark, moving in another one and then doing yeah. it again. And all these women know each other and work together. Honestly, there's a, another podcast that I listened. I used to listen to that used to talk about high risk, high risk behavior, basically for if someone who got murdered, they were mm. high risk or low risk, like okay. somebody who was a prostitute is high uh -huh. risk, right? right? Okay, and right. so uh -huh. he is because of, you're right, because of sort of how he was, he's probably high risk. Mm -hmm. hmm. It's and not, again, not saying he deserved to die for this. No, but not at all. There are consequences for playing with people's emotions and behaviors like that. If you do it to the wrong not, person that's unstable... Death. No, but, but you yeah. never know how someone's going to react. It's like driving in L.A. You flip someone off because you're angry. You don't deserve to die for that. But you don't know that the person you're flipping off isn't already unhinged. Correct. And they're going to follow you and chase you and kill you like that Lifetime movie, which was the, one of the first things I ever described to you, that Yasmin Bleeth yes. movie. She cut someone off in traffic and they went off and hunted her family. Because they were having a bad day and that just triggered them. Just be nice. You know, just don't flip them off. Don't break people's hearts. You know? But also don't commit, don't commit murder. Yes, don't, obviously. Yeah. You don't deserve to get murdered. But you can treat people with a little more care. Because people are cray cray. And I'm sure he loved Christy. I'm sure he loved his fiance. I'm sure he loved his family. But there were just some, some side people that were not stable. Right. B-roll Bonanza. Yes, ma'am. We have Christy doing a Folgers moment, the brother doing mm -hmm. the Folger moment. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to me those fancy kitchen sinks that the brother has? You know, this the nozzle, the, yeah, the hose? Sink. It the has sink. that um, wire that goes around the hose yeah. part. What is yeah. that for? To stretch it out more? Yeah. But, but the hose part stretches. So why do you have the wire part around it? Fancy. To me, it doesn't look that fancy. It looks like industrial. It doesn't. Yeah, it's fancy. Souped okay. up. I don't get it. Josh is talking about 
all of how Nick's social life revolves around the workplace. And mm-hmm. they show a sign at the work place that says, <laughs> keep work area clean. And I just instantly thought <laughs> of body fluids. Ew. <laughs> it, it is not. But, body yeah. juice and motor oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, quotes. So many good ones. I know. Sorry. I told a lot in my part. No, it's fine. I have two that you didn't. Okay. A lot of people will tell you they want to die at home. Very few will say they want to go like Nick in his bedroom alone with his killer in a hail of bullets. Yeah, I caught that one. But a few people do want to die like that. I want to go like Capone. So some people do, apparently. Okay. Um, and then this one I really liked. When you're hired to be the hammer, sometimes everything and everyone starts looking like a nail. That was great. Good yeah. job, Josh. Great, Josh. Oh, that was so good. Great. So mm-hmm. that's on the MVP quote wall. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Uh, speaking of MVPs, I'm making Amy Smart my MVP because if she had not acted in that lifetime movie yeah and given such a convincing performance it maybe wouldn't have convinced serena so who's your mvp loser john the brother oh john was good oh the, toby flenderson can we make him that toby flenderson was good but really john was in the right place at the right time all the time yeah he, he was just... doing the right thing he was getting the word out yeah he got the word four days four days though they really made it seem like it was months and months. <laughs> I, I have to. It was my they OMG really moment for sure. I yeah. was like, four days. Yeah. Sometimes the timelines are confusing. On I rewound lines. it. Yeah. Okay. Who's the loser? What? Who's the loser? For real? Yeah. Jessica Stilwell's got crazy eyes. Mm. That you didn't know she was crazy until you get in a relationship with her. And it's like, yes. oh, you drink way too much mm. and then want to have the relationship talk all the time and then when they break up it's, it's you're nice. dating a married guy and he invites you to your house so the and wife you, can cook you dinner and, and you, you go, go you're a psychopath you're a psychopath you are the worst no way am i letting him off the hook he's a cheater too but you're fully cheating too you're going and seeing his children children evil that is just that's what about up. a woman's code And he can't get out of his marriage. So he can't leave her even if you want because he got this crazy, insane covenant marriage. Okay, so the covenant marriage, three states, like I said, it didn't seem like it was that weird for the divorce. They do have to be living apart for, depending on where they are, a year to three years. Wow. In order to even get the divorce. Wow. And then it has to be, but then all of the things that... The only way you'd be able to get out of the the divorce, he does all of them. One of them is a felony, is committed by one of the partners. And I'm like, well, he's in jail for murder. Yeah. But it must be just an unbelievable amount of paperwork because you have to do all this. I believe you have to do counseling, too. You do counseling before and then after you want to get a divorce, you're supposed to do more. But I'm assuming if the person is incarcerated. Right. But I'm I'm very curious about the specifics of their covenant marriage because it seemed like she was having a tough time getting out of it, even even though he was incarcerated. Yeah, she was annoyed. She's like, so I'm still trying to get up. out of this marriage, Josh. Like, can you help me? Do you know anybody who can pull some strings? 
I feel really bad for her because I think she thought that she had found the one. Mm-hmm. She made it sound like their relationship is really good and he but flitched I just his crazy switch. I don't understand the flipping of the crazy switch when the dad died. I mean, I guess it happens, but it's just... The, I don't know. I think we did not get enough information to be yeah. able to make... And I would also be really curious about like the psychology behind... I'm sure that there's certain kind of a abusers who it is like an event happens and then it's this slow climb i think that he didn't all of a sudden one day turn angry and mean i think it was a slow build after that Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure there must be some anger or something surrounding his dad right yeah yeah of course definitely and i think probably for her having been a self-proclaimed proud alpha woman and in the military the it would be like so shameful for her so that that she was being abused or being not being the alpha anymore or like she would have there would be a lot of issues involved in that too and then she felt like she couldn't go toe-to-toe with him anymore and get down and dirty and fight because the kids because the kids right that must have been a hellscape yeah I feel really bad for Serena. No, the emotional abuse sounds just terrible. I've never heard of anything like bringing the mistress to that house and you have to cook for her. That's insane. That's really evil. That's some, yeah, that's some bad stuff. And then maybe pack them like a lunch when they're carpooling together for work. (laughs) It's so messed up. Um, Fashion police. Josh. Oh, yeah. No, Josh's purple tie. Did you see the purple and blue diagonal Loved tie? That. The striped Josh, one. Yes. Thumbs up for that. I but, was really excited about that tie. But then. It's real pretty. It, I did. I loved it. And then there was one where he was wearing a hanky that was like ruffled and very fancy. Yes, it was but a ruffled hanky. Then there was okay. a scene where he was wearing a very casual black shirt. Black polo, yeah. No. With a blazer. No hanky, but what he he has added in every scene in this episode is a pen. He is holding a pen. He's not writing anything. He's holding it like Bob Dole style and playing with it. And I'm wondering what is going on. And I will get to a tweet that perfectly encapsulates the feelings about the pen and the no hanky. And if we send him one, will he use it? On air? What if we send him a a date with Dateline pen? I have a fancy pen. Why wouldn't we get some self-promotion in there? That seems silly. (laughs) That seems showy. (laughs) He's not going to do that. He's not going to use a date, what, with like red and black? No. (laughs) With like the heart? (laughs) Silly. Because that's nonsense. But the weird thing is, is that I saw him in the black polo, but he has a blazer over top and a hanky. No, then you're thinking of a different scene. It is not a, I don't think it's a polo. It's more like a button down and he's rolled up the sleeves, super casual, and no hanky whatsoever, no jacket. It's Arizona. That's true. Hot. That's true. But wouldn't you then want a hanky to pat your brow? That's pat not what the hanky's for. Sweats. Hanky's for style. I know. but And for they- going to the theater and crying, and then you hand your hanky. But he has a back pocket hanky for the crying. You, you not think a, he not cries? Not a silk at- hanky. Okay. No, it's for handing to someone. My dad would Oh, always- a lady. My dad would crying. always give me his hanky. If I was crying, he would get, he would just be like this little pass and there was a little white hanky. He'd give me his, his pocket hanky. What were you crying at? I don't know, at a movie or funerals. 
He would always <laughs> pass me the hanky. At the many funerals you attended? Yeah. I've been to a lot of funerals. What's your childhood like? <laughs> Tough. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I don't know. <laughs> but, That's good. But hankies can also be for patting down sweat. Yeah, I don't think he's using his silk pocket square to pat right. sweat. It's just for show. It's I a see. show. It's a show, ha- show hanky. Okay. <laughs> okay let's do we have titles i can't wait to get to tweets what you got they're not that good okay dunder mifflin aerospace that's what she said with her really white teeth <laughs> that's long stone cold in the hot desert oh there we go that's not bad stone cold nick arizona instead of stone cold steve austin what about stone cold steve nick tucson yeah, Tucson would have been better, but it doesn't start with an A. But it is oh, a city, whereas Austin is a city. I do see what you're saying. That's good. But none of, I know, they're not, I had trouble. It's okay. I had a lot of trouble. I have trouble. That's all I have. Don't don't keep dragging it out. It made me feel bad. It's all right. Okay, let's get right into it. Out of the frying pan into the fire. The <laughs> <laughs> pan is mightier than the sword. Oh, <laughs> A like lifetime that. sentence. Oh, there we go. And finally, good. after all these years, baby Jessica still well bound. Wow, because her name was Jessica Stillwell. Wow, I'm shooketh. It's pretty good. That's punorific. That's why I was telling you. I was like, think about it. I wanted to say think about the names because you had all the pan, yeah, like just everywhere, and then. Yeah. The, st- the minute I heard Jessica Stillwell, I was like, oh, baby Jessica. <laughs> it would be better if she somehow went to a prison where they made the prisoners dig wells. That would be great. I wish, I hope she, something happens because I think she's involved. Yeah, That's for sure. my alternative theory. Yeah. Oh, she's baby. Sure. Baby Jessica in the Stillwell is, mm-hmm. she is in on this. Um, Can you please give me some tweets? Okay. Keith Morrison. Ever heard of him? You know who he is? (laughs) Yes. Did he tweet? He tweeted, well, it sure wasn't the husband, was it? And yet, who? How many people hated this guy anyway? I tried to get Josh Mankiewicz to tell me, but he won't. What kind of guy holds out on a buddy? Anyway, it's all new. 10, 9 central. Dateline. Wait, what? Okay, you're reading that really weird. Say, Say the first part. Well, it sure wasn't the husband, was it? And well, yet, it was the husband. Who? What? Well, because the husband's the one who died, I think he's trying to say. This is like off the preview, basically. Oh, I see. Okay, so, okay, okay. how many people hated this guy anyway? Wow. I tried to get Josh Mankiewicz to tell me, but he won't. What kind of guy holds out on a buddy? Because he, like, won't tell him who the killer is. Anyway, it's all new. 10, 9 central. Dateline. Keith. I you are it. a scholar, a gentleman, yes, and a, and a friend, a humorist, and a friend. Josh and, and me a buddy. have been hanging out a lot lately. There's a photo he of said, them hanging out. He said, "Buddy." He said, "Buddy." Yeah, they're they're having a bromance. Will they go to steak restaurant with us? Maybe you can get green beans. Okay, okay, that's all I can get. Well, garlic <laughs> bread. I don't know. What do they have at steak restaurants? Like potatoes. I mean, it's been a long time. Potatoes. They do have potatoes sometimes. 
Don't they always have potatoes? Yeah, probably a few different I kinds. I bet they have mash, and I bet they have, like, crazy loaded potatoes, baked potatoes. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Okay. Pam C., who we love. She's a, she's a dear listener. This could have easily been an entirely different dateline if the wife had slipped a little antifreeze in the iced tea during that dinner with the mistress. Yeah. A couple people pointed that out. Like, she had the opportunity to poison both of them in one shot. <laughs> like, just get rid of them. I know in a covenant marriage, you're probably not supposed to kill the other person. But having a mistress over for dinner, I think that lets you, I would let her off the hook for that. Yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> this is so funny. Mark S. Sardella cracks me up. James must have really liked those pants. <laughs> Why didn't he throw them away? Why didn't you throw the Because he's cocky. Because he didn't think that they'd get with to him. Blood. They were his he favorite did. pair, I guess. He is not. I think he. I think he's got a screw loose. Something's, Something's wrong yeah. with his wiring. Mm-hmm. C. Tater, 2019. Lifetime movie? I knew Meredith Baxter Bernie was connected somehow. <laughs> uh, Inventures in LV. If my husband wasn't sleeping, I would have just yelled, Mank said Lifetime movie. I, I pretty much lost it at that, too. It's like, That's did true. he just say Lifetime movie? He did. They stretch that out a lot in Life the episode. Lifetime movie. Yeah. Um, Lisa Neal, 19. My biggest takeaway from this story is that the business where they all worked definitely needs a fraternization policy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we all take from it. Dateline producer wrote, thanks, always a pleasure to work with Mr. Mankowitz. And Josh Mankowitz tweeted, I insist she calls me that. Uh. I love it. Um, Brenda Celeste, talk about stress. Bet the HR manager had a full head of hair before Nick worked at that company. For real. He is bald cue ball. Yes, he is. And I agree with that tweet. <laughs> that is for sure. I love it. Um, underscore Riker, who is my new favorite person. Uh, spoiler, Smokey has hired the hit. The dog. <laughs> he was gets tired of all these ladies coming around, I think. Under, also, underscore Riker, again, my MVP. This is a love star of David, not Triangle. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. That is so true. Right? That's a great one. Jeff uh, Modzel. Jeff is very funny. Don't know how to say the name. So this means Jessica is single, right? Asking for a friend. Oh, boy. See, Jeff, Jeff, walk away. You gotta walk away. Stop. She be crazy. She's going, she's going to prison. She be crazy. Um, Mountain Girl, MNT Girl 76. Okay, the question is who did Nick not date from work? And C. Kelly, who wrote Poor Karen from Accounting, she didn't make the cut. Oh, Barb, reception. <laughs> so sad for Barb and Karen. No. And then um, Mountain Girl 76 wrote back, they're centering on the wrong women. Check in on the quiet numbers, girl. <laughs> yes. She has some exactly. stories to tell. Yes. Maggie Simic Leahy, this is a visual thing. There's a guy photobombing in the back of a picture of Nick. And <gasps> it, he is the most insane. He looks like he works on that riverboat where they got robbed that one time. The yes, magicians. The riverboat casino. Yes. So if I hold up the picture, like the thickest, 
twice a Tom Selleck mustache, a big bowler hat, a bright red shirt with a vest, shiny satin vest, and then the vest has buttons all over it, like giant buttons. So he's a magician. He's, he's a magician. Okay, let me see if I can hold up the photo and you can see this guy. I can't see it. Let me. I, am I all close? No, you're like it's too blurry. I it's, can't see it. Can you text it to me? Yes, I will text. Take it to a you. picture. Yes, I'll text it to you. Um, I oh, and I think he's wearing an earring, oh, like Lord. a big shiny earring. He's a pirate ma- magician. What, I don't know what's happening, but it's like so distracting to Maggie. And she was, I'm so glad she sent what it to me. What picture is it? it completely, she t- just took a screen grab and it's a picture of Nick when he has the mustache. Right. So it's at one of the points where he has a mustache. Okay. Um, okay. I just sent it to you, but I can't see what else is happening in the picture. I don't know if he's with his brother or if he's with one of his many girlfriends. But he's standing, I think, in front of a magician. I think. <laughs> Do you see what's happening in that picture? Do you see the buttons on his vest? Is it a casino? Does he have an earring? That mustache has to be fake. That's a Bob's Burgers mustache. That cannot be a real. It takes up. Where are they? It, it looks cov- like there's- the mustache covers his lips. It Both looks like there's lips. bleachers in the background. Are they like at a... Where are they? I can't... You're right. It does look like they're bleachers. A stadium magician yeah. event. No, no. Are a they rib- like at a... Are they at a fair? Are they oh, at a, maybe county a county fair? fair? It looks like one of the buttons has like a red devil No, he logo. might be a... Yeah, maybe he's a judge at something. What if it's like a pig race and he's the caller? Like, and now we have round in the corner, round in the corner. We have little piggy coming around the corner, like that kind of guy. I was watching pig calling the other day. I got sucked in. I'm sorry. What? You just so casually dropped that. Oh, yeah. I was watching pig callers. That, we got to add that to your list of shows. No, it was an accident. It was an accident. It was something, I don't know how it happened, but no, Oliver was watching it. And we both got, we're like, what are they doing? And then the guy that won was, we didn't think he was the best. <laughs> they like scream what channel is this on have you heard pig calling not regularly it's been a while well, now you have because that was a beautiful impersonation don't look it up i want you to think that my pig calling is the best oh my god okay my last twitter exchange although it happened on instagram yeah Lindsay rg but what in the hell is this my boyfriend just said manky no hanky not okay and i <gasps> said I know, maybe holding a pen is the new hanky. And Lindsay said, if he had had a lesser hanky and a Bic pen for a few episodes and then moved on to no hanky and this fancy ass pen, I would feel much better about his new look. He needed to ease us into his new identity. And I I said, you're very right. You should tell him how upset you are. And she said, you both, meaning you and I, Katie, have both created a wonderful relationship with him. I can't, as a complete stranger, ask him about his midlife hanky crisis. (laughs) (laughs) So she thinks we need to ask him about his hanky crisis. We're on the case. Slash fancy pen. We are on the case. But I see what she's saying. Start with a Bic pen and like a casual hanky. No, and I, then I slowly make the transition. No, it's like changing the cat food. So I have a cat that has a weight problem. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it nicely. And so 
we have to change into this like special weight loss dry food. And <laughs> you should have done that we, a long time ago. You have to ease. He's he's all right. I want him to be happy. I don't so like to body shame. He, but don't body shame Bruce. <laughs> Oliver gets really upset. And so he we had to ease him into this food. So we have to like mix it together with the old food and then you slowly slowly the old food right, goes I away see. Yes. and then it's that yes. food. That's what Josh needs to, he needs to mm-hmm. cat mm-hmm. food it. He needs I gotcha. to figure that out. But I see. I I see. Yeah, we can't. I don't know. I did not notice the pen. I saw the hanky with the polo. The pen and I was that in was every single scene. Every mm. scene was the pen. I don't, I don't remember it. And he had paperwork out. Like he was going to be writing things. I like it. I love it. New year, new look. I don't not like it. I was just surprised. But I, I love it. He looks like a well, we scholar. We have to change. It can't be Mankey with the... Right. I got to redo so, all my cross stitches. But also Mankey with the hanky, I feel like is a different person. Josh with the Waterman is a totally new person. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He's fancy. But he still deserves... It. Maybe it was the fact that we gave him the Sir Mankey with the hanky. He now feels royalty. I need a fancy pen. Or maybe it was the fact that he now has his own holiday. He has Thanksgiving. And once you get your own holiday, you need a pen. Maybe he got a pen for Christmas from his wife. I see. And so he's decided to use it. I find it... That implies that we under no circumstances understand the time length it takes to do post-production on a show and that they just film this. But in in three days, in three days after yeah. the hall, after okay. Christmas True. with the in new Tucson. pen. Yeah. yeah. OK, no, none of that happened. Yeah. So I don't know. Wardrobe malfunction. I don't know what happened here. It's intriguing. Unfortunately, we're out of time for tonight, but I think we have some very special thank yous. We want to thank a ho- big holiday thank you to A, all of our listeners. You guys are amazing. B, everyone at Dateline. You guys are balls to the wall. Amazing. Our mm. Patreon Patronuses yes. are literally life-changing, changing our lives. Thank you. We can't thank you enough. It helps us more than we can say. And we also got a couple of holiday bonuses if you will, from Jennifer and Lindsay, who sent us money through our PayPal account, which is still up. so sweet. It's just so nice. We thank everyone who's making a monthly donation and everyone who took the time to do a Christmas Hanukkah little gift. So nice. Seriously, we can't thank you enough. So we love you. Please consider looking at our Patreon, but mostly subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review. That's so important. That's more. That's like the most important. Follow yeah. us on Instagram and Facebook and, tell a friend. and Twitter. Tell a friend. And don't watch alone. Watch with a platonic coworker because there is such a thing. <laughs> I think the moral of this episode is keep it in your pants and make sure you have pants on. I couldn't have said it better myself. The more you know. Rainbow sound. Oh, da-da-da-da. There you go. Bye, everybody. Bye. Sweet. Hey, pig, 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 pig.